Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E, and I'm joined by my co-host... Victor Young. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, enthusiastic. This is a podcast where two nerdy guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee and then sitting down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of our favorite comic books. The coffee that we'll be brewing today is a Peaberry coffee roasted by Golden Rabbit's Coffee. And the comic we'll be discussing today is Gideon Falls Number 2. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, if you like the show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes and Google Play. And alongside with hitting that subscribe button, if you got a few minutes to spare, please leave us a review and rating and make sure to tell your friends about this podcast. Now, before we go and make ourselves a nice hot cup of coffee, let's uh, catch up on the week. Uh, what have you been doing? What have you been up to? Let me tell you, Jerry. Okay. Let me tell you something. Oh, all right. Okay, Victor. Yep. Tonight. Uh huh. Ten twenty. Ten twenty. D box. Infinity War, baby. I'm gonna oh, go watch wow. it tonight. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. Okay. Just. It's gonna what? leave your boy like that. What? No. Oh no. We're just you know. Wow. Okay. You know um, just. It's, it's Infinity War. Well, this episode got off to a sour note. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we can I can go watch it with you again. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I guess so. Wow. I guess okay. so. Maybe. Listen, maybe. I have to live my own life too, Jerry. <laughs> you know what? No, I'm not going to stop you. You can go watch a movie. You can do what you want. What are you, my girlfriend? Listen, what are you? Listen, uh, relax. Listen. <laughs> listen. 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 Well, anyways, listen. Enjoy that movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Sure. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, well, I guess tonight you're going to go watch the movie, but uh, what, what have you been doing this week? That's preparing to go Just watch preparing to go well, watch a movie. I've also, nice. been, okay. uh, I've also been playing a lot of um, God of War 4. Oh, my goodness, yes. Because that came out last week, and I've just been playing it all week. Oh, yeah, nonstop. Uh, non-stop. Well, I wouldn't say, well, you've been okay. playing it nonstop. I okay. Like, nonstop, not literally, like, not literally you, you like, got to go to work, you got to yeah, you gotta sleep. Gotta, you know, sleep and... Yeah. Eat and I mean, stuff. Although that could be compromised. All, all the like unnecessary stuff you still gotta do, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I've been playing that. I haven't gone. I don't think I've gone too far in the story. I actually don't know how far in the story I actually am because oh. I have no reference. Because I mean, I could. Well, it doesn't go by chapters, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if it went yeah. by chapters, like I'm not. Did they do that in the original God of Wars? I don't remember. And uh, like one, two, and three, I don't. I don't think they did it by chapters either in one, two, or three. Not that I know of. It's been a long time yeah, since I played. Not that I know of. Played. Any I mean, that was last generation. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I've been doing a lot of that, uh, and that's been keeping me occupied. And we've got a lot of Infinity War on my mind right now. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, but that's been my week. It's a, it's actually pretty been cool. a pretty hype week. What about you, Jerry? What you been up to? Uh, pretty much the same thing. Not Infinity War part. Because uh, I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not much for crowded theaters. So I like to just go when the movie's been out for know, a few weeks. I know. So you I got like to like stay off social media or stay off, you know, the internet for a while. And I go when the movies, the theaters are empty, so I can go enjoy it. You yeah, know, so there's not. You like to go watch it in theaters like eight months after it's come out. And I get it. I get <laughs> That's it. That's if they it. play it. Eight months <laughs> out. No, but my my biggest thing is because I'm not a tall guy. So my biggest thing is if I go into a crowded theater and I don't got another choice, but and if some tall guy comes and sits in front of me, I'm done. But everybody's sitting down, Jerry. Everybody is sitting okay, but down. You, I don't think you understand when tall people are in theater, they make an effort to sit tall too. So they don't like slouch or anything. You do, just like you just like realize this. that the roll below you is a good like two or three listen, feet lower. Listen, listen, you just get get to uh, my height or my lack of. Well, I'm height. not that much taller than and, you. And, <laughs> and I'm just, like maybe two or three inches I, taller. I, I like to slouch in the, the seats. You know, I like to relax. Okay. I like to enjoy myself. All right, you know what? You I slouch you, a little bit. The guy sits up a little bit, and he's like six foot five, <laughs> and it's over. Six foot five, and it's hard. <laughs> you know, it's like a whole foot taller than you. you know? There really should be a rule where like tall people should just sit at the back of the theater because that way they're not blocking anybody. Well, they I still mean, see everything. I mean, to be fair, like the back of the theater, like that's that's like the best spot. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the best spot. So I don't know. Best even, spot. Well, if they take all the nice spots, then you're then just I'll just sit in the front and see properly, which is fine. Yeah, or the middle of the theater. Well, middle of the theater. Middle of the theater. Middle is pretty good too. Yeah, middle yeah, I'll is take pretty that. good too. But yeah, I've been doing, you know, not that. <laughs> so not going to see Infinity War. Wow, but I've so been salty um, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, playing a lot of God of War. Uh, that game is so good. You're it's so, so much. Fun. I think you're so much more. Like you're so much further ahead. Of ahead. Me. Like you're just yeah, you're just further ahead. Like I don't. Th- I don't know. I don't think it's by that much. Because uh, you know what? Yesterday when you told me where you were, yeah. And I'm not gonna say anything on this cast because I know 
you know, people are still playing it. When you told me where you were, I'm not far out from there. It's funny because I actually played a bit of it this morning before coming here. <laughs> and um and I had hit right where you right where you left uh, or right where I saw you uh, you were yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, so Okay, so you caught up. Yeah, like cuz right. I'm only maybe about a half hour on that. Maybe like 20 minutes on that. Yeah. Well, well yeah, then well, I haven't, e- I haven't caught up then. Not but, even really. But I'm I think I'm not too far behind at this point. Yeah. Actually, I would think so. I don't think you're far behind because yeah. after that we didn't really play. So yeah, yeah, we didn't play this morning. So well, okay. So I think you caught up. Well, I would. Eh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens. We'll see. Either way, this is not a God of War podcast. It's so, <laughs> but it very well could be. <laughs> it could be because the game is so good. It's so good. Oh, it's, it's so good. So visually stunning. Oh, so good. But, and okay. you gotta just. Yeah, yeah, you gotta play it. You, you gotta, gotta play, play it. it. Just go buy PS4 right now. Just go buy. So go buy God of War. Go buy yeah. digital. So you know, if you're in Canada, you save some tax. Just, just and just go buy the game. Just get a PS4 Pro. Just get a 4K TV, the biggest one you can buy. You know, get the game. Hey, and you know what? Surprisingly, for this game, you don't need the Pro. Like, well, no, most games you don't need the Pro. Yeah, no, but like for this game in particular, it's really good. Even without the pro, I but, mean, obviously the pro like just yeah. Blows just, it out well, of the just water, imagine but, what it would look like with the pro. Yeah, it would but be like insane. there are some games where you're just like, oh, that's a drastic difference between the two, right? This game, not so much. Like the both no, yeah, really it high looks up there, good. right? So it still looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, of course. But anyways, enough about God of War. Um, we're here to talk about Gideon Falls too. So before <laughs> we, we get into that, let's go brew that coffee. Let's and then do we'll it. Come back. It's coffee time. Coffee time. Okay, and welcome to our coffee segment where we try one of the coffees that are sent to us and have it accompany us throughout our comics discussion. Normally, we would try and identify all the different fragrance and flavor notes and compare them to the notes provided to us, but today, today, we have a little something special. What's that? <laughs> Getting to that, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have Peaberry Coffee by Golden Rabbits Coffee out in Bali, Indonesia. What makes Peaberry Coffee so interesting is that it's actually one oval-shaped bean as opposed to the conventional two beans flattened together in a single cherry. What? (laughs) Don't act so surprised, Jerry. (laughs) This is a natural mutation that occurs uh, in around 5-10% to of coffee bean yields. Some say it's sweeter. Some say it makes absolutely no difference. Oh. Let's find out right now. So, Jerry, (laughs) why don't you start us off with a little bit of a sniff sniff? Let's. (laughs) Okay, um, not necessarily sweeter right now. So it's, I see it's a little earthy. Um, it's got a bit of that uh, almost a yeah. I would say earthy. Okay, not so much fruity. Okay, um, there's a little bit of um, little bit of a wine type of thing in the air, but it's All it's right. hard to it's hard to pinpoint. So I'll leave it as earthy for now. Okay. All right, go ahead. You go ahead. All right. All right. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. Oddly enough. Yeah. I smell sesame oil. Oh. Like a hint of sesame oil. And there is sweetness. Okay. Like when you really just put your nose right in there. There's some sweetness. Almost like a um, like a milk chocolate. Okay. So sesame oil and milk chocolate. It's a, <laughs> it's a combination that's <laughs> undeniable. <laughs> you know, so yeah, because sometimes I just sit there with my Cadbury milk chocolate bars and I just wonder, hey, what would happen if I drizzled this sesame oil on there? <laughs> <laughs> just just, just see what happens. I don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this might be it. Who knows? This might be it. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> well, why don't you start us off with, uh, with a little bit of a taste test then? All right, let's do it. Okay. Okay. Um... Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say it's sweeter. It's a little, it's a little um, cleaner. I would okay. say, um, not as, <laughs> not as viscous. Okay. I would like to say because just now, uh, when I had the first when I had the first sip, it was more like it went down a lot smoother, but okay. it didn't go down. Like it was, it's almost a little more watery and not as viscous. But it's not like, but the flavor is all there. That's what. That's the definition of viscous. You know, I just I wanted to be sure <laughs> that what I'm saying is correct. You know. Okay. Uh, you know, in comparison to shampoo or something. Shampoo. But, <laughs> but it's really nice. Um, okay. 
it's got a little bit of a spice to it a little bit of a spice kick at the end interesting yeah and the spice is more apparent when it hits my throat okay yeah so i would okay. yeah g- give it a try all right give all it right. a try victory a little thirsty right now jerry Just don't chug the whole thing it's, it's boiling hot i mean it's it's warm i don't know about i mean it was hot. boiling hot <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would say, I would say, yeah, there there is a little bit of um of a dark chocolate taste to it. I do get that spice you're talking about at the end. Okay, it's almost like um, it's almost like a really mild cinnamon. Yeah, like a yeah. really mild cinnamon. Yeah, um, it's a good way to put it. I couldn't uh, quite get a grasp. Yeah. of what that was. Um, there's also a slight hint of earthiness to it. I would say. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think that's that also goes along with the spice too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, cause if you ever, if you ever have like, I don't know, just throw a whole bunch of cinnamon in your mouth, <laughs> there there is a bit of earthiness to it, right? So I think that that's sort that of maybe what contributes to that's it. That's what contributes exactly, exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would say that that's um, that's what I'm getting. Okay, there is cool. a little bit of a. Of a really slight, slight, slight burnt taste to it. Yeah. Which isn't bad. You know, it actually gives it a little bit of character. Yeah. A little bit of character. But um gives it some personality. I do which I do know what you mean that uh now by the viscosity of it. Uh-huh. Like it is going down a lot smoother. Um than I guess the normal coffees that we've tried. It's pretty good. I really like this one. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. So would you say that Peaberry coffees are better or worse or the same? Different. Different? I would say different. Not better or worse, just different. Yeah. I wouldn't say better or worse because that all comes down to personal taste. Yeah. And also, people people have been saying that you get a sweeter taste out of it. Yeah. We're not getting a sweeter taste. No, out of it. not at all. But we're getting a smoother feel out I of it. I am getting right? a, some, a, some smooth, a smooth oil down my throat. <laughs> a smooth mouthfeel. Smooth mouthfeel. If you will. Mouthfeel 10 out of 10. Mouthfeel 10 out of 10. <laughs> and, and that, I mean, that's really what matters, right? It's, it's yeah. up to personal preference. But yeah. I do feel that it is a smoother, I feel it is a smoother coffee. Smoother experience, um, for sure. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. So final verdict, uh, would you recommend this coffee? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely? Absolutely. Okay, fantastic. Me too. All right. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, listeners, if you would like to try Peaberry coffee, we highly recommend it. It's got 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 mouthfeel. <laughs> Put that in the quote. <laughs> Golden Rapid Coffee is good job. This is the good stuff. Yeah, the good stuff. All right. So why don't we take the good stuff and uh, let's go talk about Gideon Falls. Let's do it. And we're at the comic segment. Uh, normally what we do in this segment is we take some of our favorite comic books and then we analyze it and we break it down. And we talked to you about some of the themes that we're seeing in these books, and we just try to cover it as best we can. Uh, for this week, we're going to be talking about Gideon Falls number two, as written by Jeff Lemire, with art done by Andrea Sorrentino, colors by Dave Stewart, and letters by Steve Wands. So a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, we talked about issue one on this book, and there were a lot of questions to be had. So it was, Yeah. <laughs> I I still have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even after this issue, uh, we still have quite a bit of questions. Uh, some of the things do get revealed in this issue a little bit more, and uh, more more characters get pulled into the situation. Yeah. So we will tell you ahead of time. I wouldn't say more revealed, yeah, but uh, I think we get a better sense. Of, okay. Of or we get more clues as to what's what's happening. Yeah, and we'll a, we'll a, more, in a yeah. more of a sense of a scope. I yeah, guess. yeah, exactly. Um, but so we'll tell you ahead of time right now. Go read the book first. There will be some spoilers. Uh, we'll be focusing more on the themes itself, but in order for us to do so, there will be some reveals that you wouldn't know unless you read the book. So go read the book first and then come back. Okay, so first thing is the idea of, for me, the idea of paranoia by Norton. Um, the idea that he is constantly paranoid that people are out there trying to harm him. He doesn't actually see any of the people that are there that are that he thinks are trying to harm him. Yeah. 
but he's constantly getting this feeling that someone is harming him. Yeah. And I feel like it's um, it's part of a confirmation thing when he sees certain things are being done. Well, obviously, with this issue, um, his apartment gets ransacked. Yeah. But you don't see who did it. You just you you you're there to make an assumption of who you think did it. But it's kind of a paranoia that it's always someone coming after him. And I think in this book, it in this issue really that that idea exploded. Yeah. Because now you're seeing things happen to him. Yeah. It's right? funny that you mentioned that because when we when we read Gideon Falls, we read it in the context of Norton. Right. Right. Um, and the main characters, right? Uh, but when you look at it objectively, mm-hmm. you don't really know what his apartment was ransacked for. Like it could just be some guy that just there that just want to that just, just just yeah, yeah was just looking for money or whatever. Yeah, just ended up taking things apart. Though granted, Norton did say like a few of his samples were missing, mm-hmm. which you know gives me a clue that perhaps they were there to take stuff from his quote-unquote lab I, it's, I find it so funny this is lab <laughs> he calls it a lab he calls it a lab yeah. but it's just it's a bookshelf it's a, it's a bookshelf <laughs> of stuff yeah um, but in terms of the ransacking part it's funny because they took what like three samples out of his entire wall of like 50 things yeah and, it was a lot of stuff yeah but everything like a lot of stuff was still there yeah so I was actually looking into the um, the mason jars himself to see if anything was missing in the mason jar but not everything is missing. Like, there's a whole yeah. bunch of mason jars with the sample still inside. Yeah. So, not really sure if they were ransacking for that item. Yeah. Or they were just someone just sacked his apartment. Yeah. Because truthfully, if they were there to stop him from, I guess, piecing back together the barn, they would have just taken the whole thing. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So, so I mean, yeah. Like, or like, they would have burned the place down. Yeah. You know, or just killed Norton. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know or, I mean? or that. So I mean, he was collecting wood chips, so it was easier to catch on fire, anyways. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> just start a fire in the mason jar and then just, just, just chuck each it, one, just chuck it somewhere <laughs> in the apartment. <laughs> but yeah, like it's um, to say that that somebody was there to stop him from from piecing together the barn right now. I think it's pretty far fetched at this point. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of other more far fetched things have happened in this issue so far. So. Um, I guess it's not outside of the realm of possibility, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that I mean, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm getting out of this one. It's they're really honing in on that paranoia for him. Yeah, but uh, you're starting to see layers get revealed, uh, get peeled back, and yeah, uh, maybe some of that paranoia is warranted, right? Yeah, so. especially like in this issue now, it's revealed that a lot more characters are are experiencing the same thing that Norton's experiencing right now. Not a lot more, like one more, but it's like <laughs> <laughs> but but they're experiencing the same thing that Norton's experiencing now, right? So right. um again with uh, uh with Angie, Dr. Zhu, mm-hmm. uh, who's his psychologist, uh you know, it's revealed at the end that she as well now sees the barn. Right. Right. So now now you're getting the sense that okay there has to be something paranormal that's happening in this city for three people to be experiencing and seeing the same thing that supposedly doesn't exist there. Right. 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 Like when uh, uh, Father uh, Wilfred went to go uh, talk to uh, the sheriff about Gene's murder and he mentions the barn. They're just like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, it, there's no barn there, yeah. right? But again, now that three people are seeing this barn, there has to be some level of truth to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and actually, I wanted to get into that in a little bit um, about Angie's beliefs, yeah. and how that lines up with what she's seeing. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, uh, there was the earlier part where Angie was talking to Norton about just his obsession. Yeah, and it's sort of like a constant denial from Angie. Do you want yeah. to like maybe elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, well, do you want to elaborate on it? Because that was actually your point. But was it? Yeah, what you mentioned oh. it. I thought it was. It's okay. I'll mind. bring it up. <laughs> so Jerry, you brought up a great point. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Just trying to uh, help segue. <laughs> I think it was. Um, I think maybe the first page of the issue, right? Or first or second, right? Um, Angie mentions or says to Norton, "Keep your eyes up 
off the ground, away from the gutters and the trash bins. Instead, take a look at what's going on around you, at real life, real people. What does that sound like to you, Jerry? What does that sound like to you? <laughs> um, well, now that, now that <laughs> technology is such a big part of our lives, right? Yeah. And it's, um, and it's just... It sounds like the things that we're doing on an everyday basis as well. Yeah. Just being lost in our electronics, being lost in our cell phones, uh, be lost in technology. Whether yeah. or not you're, you're all you're constantly connected, but you're also disconnected. Yeah. The idea that you're connected to the rest of the world, but you're not. You're distancing yourself further and further from the people who are closest to you. Yeah. Right. And that's that's also a source of paranoia as well because there's also the idea. Um, there's also the idea with social media that when the more you're connected to the outside world the more you're paranoid about the little numbers that come in yeah right so if you're getting those specific likes or if you're not getting the likes or if you're getting follows and then not follows and stuff like that yeah it actually generates more and more paranoia based on things that are happening outside of your control yeah Yeah. but whereas the people who are close to you the people who are right next to you those are the people who you should be worried about because those feedback and in that relation is really what should keep you going and yeah. not this just sort of pretentious thing that's happening on the outside. Yeah. It's, you bring up a good point and that's true. It's um, with, with technology and social media nowadays, like you don't, like people would rather film a concert than actually just sit there and watch it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's kind of like, it's kind of silly. Like it's yeah. like, it's literally like you just put your phone down for like one second. Yeah. Like, and just enjoy the moment. Just enjoy right? the moment. Yeah, enjoy right? being in the moment. Yeah, like you can film it and you can record it and watch it again later, relive the memory. I understand that, right? But it's so much different when you're actually there just to enjoy it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Although in this case, it's... it's. I'm not sure if that, that technically applies in this case because it's it, a really... It does and it doesn't because yeah. the idea is that um, Angie is trying to get him to be more to enjoy the people around him and enjoy that specific moment that he's at instead of looking back um because he was talking about looking back at like the pile of trash or whatnot right yeah and she's saying instead of looking back at the trash look at the now like look at what's in front of you you know keep your head up and see what's around you um but then he eventually couldn't he succumbs to that right and that's kind of the paranoia playing into it. Like, what if that's the thing that I needed? What if that's not? And yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah. But it does play into this now, I think. Yeah. I, yeah, it does apply. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think in, in this particular case in the issue, it's like it's very, it's a different situation in this issue. If that makes any sense. Right? Yeah. Like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's scarier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this whole issue was, was pretty, this whole issue was pretty haunting in itself. Yeah. Right. Just just the things that that this issue implies, and a lot of the the stuff that Andrea was able to portray in the artwork, mm-hmm. it was really creepy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but yeah, at yeah. the same time, oh, it's it just adds so much to the story now. Yeah. Right. And a lot of that has to go with Dave Stewart's colors, right? Yeah. Because he's really adding a different layer of storytelling when he is distinctly separating the worlds with yeah. with with his use of color. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of color, actually. Um, I know when a couple of weeks ago we I mentioned that the color red mm-hmm. was likely going to play a significant role within the story. Right. Right. I'm not sure if you noticed, but there's so much more red in this issue than a there was more. last issue, yeah. right? I think last issue there was only maybe three instances, two instances. Yeah, three or four. Um, and they were very specifically put, like they were methodically yeah. put in. Um, this one methodical as well, but it's more spread out. It's more dispersed. Yeah, and then and now you have to really sort of notice these moments too as well. I mean, some of them are still like super obvious. Yeah, uh, it's almost blending. Yeah, into the yeah, like you're you're seeing like because the color red in this issue, um, it's it's starting to symbolize um, like an, impen- an impending paranormal activity huh huh oh boy yeah impending <laughs> paranormal act you see what i did there Jerry? S- yep. you saw it okay cool yeah and i and i heard it <laughs> and, I, and i can't unhear it now um so this is what puns feel like <laughs> this, is, uh, this is this is, yeah, this is what this, this is, is what it feels like on the receiving this end. is what you the ending of every podcast sounds like to me wow <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah like it when you see the color red it, it, it signifies in this issue, and I'm assuming every every issue moving forward, yeah, um, it's symbolizing something like bad is about to happen or or 
is happening or has happened. Right. Right. So basically it represents <laughs> a lot of the bad stuff. <laughs> uh, and I, I think I've jotted down um, most of the stuff where I've seen red. Like okay. uh, when Norton was holding back his revelations to Angie when he says, oh, I can't tell you. And then you see that that particular panel just split into into three, mm-hmm. right? Almost like a like Technicolor sort of thing. Okay, right? yeah. And it's all red. When Norton is revealing his drawing of the barn to Angie, that the barn is in red, but you notice the the background behind the drawing is red too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one was a bit, um, I guess, obscure. Like a lot of a lot of the red stuff, like you said, is it's it's blending in. It's starting to become more and more obscure. Um, when uh, the gentleman is walking out of the elevator and says hello to Norton, mm-hmm. he's putting on a red hat. Right, okay. Yeah. I almost missed that. Yeah. Yeah. I just noticed his green shirt. <laughs> I actually just completely missed the, the, <laughs> the red hat. The hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Norton's, when Norton goes into his, uh, back to his apartment or his quote unquote lab, <laughs> and his, uh, his walls are colored in red. Right. Uh, the jars are labeled in red writing. And of course, when Angie uh, sees the barn for herself, right? Yeah, like th- those yeah. those are a lot of red moments, right? And mm-hmm. if if we start, if this trend keeps up, and we see more and more and more red as the issue goes on, like this is it's, it's a big problem happening. There's something something's gonna happen in Gideon big Falls. <laughs> Somebody call the some, sheriff. Some, some, uh, some, the sheriff, you know, just got a lot know? on her hands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Imagine the whole book is red. Yeah, everything just flood red. Everything's flood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have to buy a lot of red ink for that one. Um, another thing Not too, digital color. Oh yeah, well there's also that as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, another question I, that I have to ask you actually is in, in that in that panel when um, uh, or that page actually when Angie sees the barn and you know, on the right side you see like this like really creepy, just smiling demonic face. Yeah, that sort of. That little creature. Yeah, like thing, what do you right? what do you think that is? Um, okay, so that that kind of leads me to a point um, that I wanted to discuss. Okay, which is um, from last from last issue, um, we kind of thought about it as a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, when Angie tells after um, after Norton pours his heart out and talks to Angie about all the things that are that are going through that he's going through and all the things that he's seeing and piecing yeah. together and stuff like that and she's yeah. like uh, yeah I'm a Buddhist so no <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it got me to, to to question though because now she's seen it yeah right um, and there's a very different take on good versus evil in Buddhism yeah. whereas in most religions it's about an external force of yeah. evil right yeah. or or the temptation made by um by the devil himself yeah from as like a source of evil right it's a very yeah. external part of evil or yeah. it's just like an inherent part of who you are yeah um in in the buddhist teaching it's a, it's a little bit di- it's a little bit different um i'm not too well versed in it but i i do know some of the basics okay um so i started i started looking it up and just kind of seeing like what would this kind of mean to this type of character you're such a basic buddhist wow. <laughs> <laughs> you're so basic Oh my god! I upgrade myself to deluxe. Um, <laughs> so in the base, in almost in the basic Buddhist teaching, which is wrong. <laughs> so in the Buddhist teaching, um, there's a there's a quote: um, "By oneself, indeed, is evil done. By oneself, is one defiled. By oneself, is evil left undone. By oneself, indeed, is one purified. Purify and impurity depend on oneself. Not one purifies another." Interesting. Um, so it teaches us that evil is something that we internally create. Okay. Um, and it's not something that we can inherently, inherently say that it's from an outside force yeah. uh, sort of affecting who we are. Um, it, everything it comes from the self. Everything comes from the inside. Yeah. Um, so to me, if this is the case and this is the character that sees it, yeah. um, could it be... And this is kind of a theory that I'm putting out there. No longer that lake house thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that theory is, I'm just, that's gone now. Oh, that's such a good theory, though. I, but, you know, <laughs> there can only be one lake house. Yeah. Um, in this theory, what I'm thinking now is if, and every week I feel like, <laughs> every time we talk about this book, I feel like my theory might change. Because Lemire is just throwing all these curveballs, yeah, right? But yeah. 
what if the characters are only seeing this barn based on the inherent impurities and the inherent evil within themselves and that's manifesting into this barn so the barn will then take them to face their innermost evil or fears interesting so because that creature hasn't appeared yet not right not to wilford or norton exactly yeah. now we'll see, we can see in like maybe future issues if there's future issues and different creatures are showing up or different things are showing up for norton or uh, or father fred yeah then you you can kind of come to a realization that it may they may all be just connected to this thing based on their inner evils yeah and because they're they're not all good people right so yeah. far you can only kind of see uh dr shu as someone who's kind of that's been sort of kind of neutral yeah you even see in this issue that father fred also has some like past impurities as well yeah right? yeah um with like um you know just like public intoxication and assault and stuff yeah, like that like yeah. there, there were things listed out for him yeah um so to me that's kind of the big thing that i want that i kind of got from this issues is if the if this character is very clearly buddhist and it's mentioned as buddhist in this issue and she's the one that saw this vision as well yeah what could that possibly mean for the story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's interesting um i mean not to say that the, the creature hasn't appeared yet because we actually have never seen Norton have a vision. Mm-hmm. Because Norton talks about his visions, but he doesn't. We we don't see in detail what he's seeing, um, like we've done so far with uh, Father Wilfred and Angie. Right. Which I find interesting that because he's more or less the main focus of Norton? of the story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we haven't seen his visions yet, so I find that to be um, an interesting uh, writing decision by Jeff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I have another question for you. Okay, just a little off the topic here, talking about strange creatures and unknown beings. All right, the bishop. Oh, when uh, when Wilfred calls the bishop in this in this issue, and even in the first issue when he's talking to him, his face is never revealed, never ever revealed. Um, and that actually, whenever I see him appear, it actually makes me feel really uneasy. Yeah. Right? Because you can't trust a man without a face. You know what I'm saying? You know? Right? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I noticed something interesting too as well. Whenever you see a, a silhouette of the bishop when he's sitting in this chair, mm-hmm. he, he it looks like he has horns and wings. Yeah. Right? So I noticed like, the horns too. Yeah. Almost like yeah. the devil. Right? Yeah. So what are your what are your thoughts on that? It's a... It's like a subtle nod to it, I think. And it's... Yeah. um. See, now that goes almost in direct conflict with the thing that I was talking about. Yeah. In terms of internal evil, right? Um, if it is if it is shown later on that this character is sort of like a devil creature yeah. or a devil character. Yeah. Then it becomes that they are influenced by yeah. others to to go to this area or yeah. to go to the barn and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like... Um, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell because that creature also, or actually rather the, the bishop, kind of had that uh, silhouette of the creature as well. Yeah. Right? Because the creature you, you saw also had like the ears or the, the it's almost like a horn type yeah, of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, they almost look similar as well, but I yeah. doubt it's going to be like a little cat creature talking to the... <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, it's hard to tell. And also the bishop has a massive room. It's huge, massive. It's huge. So I, I don't actually think he's in the room. Like I feel like he's, he's not in the office. Like I feel like he's, he's just in the middle of, a, of the street. Yeah, he's sitting on a chair. <laughs> well, that, well, that's the thing. Like he could be in a different realm. Like he could not. He could possibly not be in that specific instance, right? And yeah. it could be just an outside force talking to him. Well, but in the first issue, Wilfred does, or is is shown speaking with him in the same room. Yeah. So unless you're saying that. This guy can like go between different dimensions. Like it's, uh, I'm pretty sure he's in a room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But that that that'll just depend on how supernatural they want to go with the story, right? Yeah. So um, far, it's like it's like teetering on the cusp. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's. I uh, I do like, I do like the theory of, I like to do like the theory of the Buddhist teaching. Yeah. Where, the things that they're seeing is most likely an internal struggle that they're that they're facing. Yeah. Um, because. 
anytime anytime you keep a story grounded and you don't go to the full supernatural side of it yeah it becomes more believable right. and it and it because of the realism there's an inherent sense of fear that you're yeah. going to have as a reader reading this because there are certain things you've come to expect yeah so you can always get hit harder with certain reveals yeah but whereas if you start going with the supernatural then you start tempering with expectations you start opening up possibilities where you start reading this, you're like, okay, well, maybe I kind of see the next thing coming. Yeah. Because you start stretching out where you, what you think could be possible, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I do I do kind of think, and and in a little bit hope that it doesn't go super I, I, the, I, I you know. Yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. Uh, it's, um, I really enjoy where they're at right now mm-hmm. in terms of teetering on the cusp of paranormal and, and sticking to reality. Yeah. Um, because it really makes the story unpredictable in a way. Yeah. Right. Like it that. Like I mean, we we know that this that the story is going. We know that uh, the pacing is good. Uh, but in terms of like the direction it's gonna take, is like, oh I don't know I don't know which way it's gonna go. But that's what's making it so exciting. Yeah. Right. Because you just want to find out like okay what's what's going on, right? And that's really pushing me as a reader to really want to continue to see what's going on right for sure yeah. for sure um i have a i have a bit of a final point to make okay um if you would so en- uh, entertain me jerry if you don't mind <laughs> <laughs> do as you will do as you will <laughs> <laughs> well, we're such losers <laughs> um no, we talk about we're great we're great <laughs> Great fun at parties to to us. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if this was intentionally done by Jeff or, or and, Andrea, mm-hmm. um, but whenever we whenever we see a panel where the main character is involved, whether it's just by themselves or um, where the, the, perhaps they're interacting with each other. If you if you notice their surroundings and the people, I guess around them, they always have their backs turned uh, to the okay. characters, or parts of their bodies are intentionally not shown in the panel. Okay, right. Um, to me, that almost gives a sense of. I mean, I guess that adds to your sense of paranoia, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, but I also get a sense of alienation and isolation uh, for these characters okay right so that it could represent that or to me it could also represent um i guess the blissful ignorance of the people in the city from what's really happening if they're going to go in that paranormal direction right right yeah. Yeah. Uh, i just wanted to sort of get your get your thoughts on that and see what you had to say <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean i'm with you for the most part it's yeah. uh it's I, I do I do like what you were talking about with you know with with regards to blissful ignorance because yeah. because Norton it's ex, he's experiencing certain things happening in his life right? yeah. and he's choosing to and he's choosing to pursue it yeah um, with a lot of these characters that you see in the background a lot of them are just sort of they're just going about their day and yeah. they're worried about the now um, they're all doing something in the background yeah. It's not like they're just a standing person or someone who's walking a straight line. They all they have something in their hand or they're like they're riding a bicycle or yeah. that person's you know, there's one person here yeah. that's walking a dog. Yeah. And then someone's chasing a bird, it looks like. Yeah. They're all doing something. So they're yeah. all focused on the now. Yeah. But whereas there's a direct comparison or an opposite to Norton where He's very much focused on something else that's yeah. not in the now. Something yeah. that's in the past. He walked by it already. Yeah. And he's so fixated and so focused on that. Mm-hmm. Right. And trying to see if that's a revelation of something. Yeah. But whereas everyone else is just carrying on with their day. So in contrast, without without the focus on color, yeah. Or using color to try yeah. to distinguish it. Yeah. You can see sort of like the body compositions and the way that these characters are and then having them be a direct opposite of Norton as well. Yeah. Right. And having their actions just through, just through imagery of what they're doing show something very different. Yeah. So I do agree with you. Like, I think 
the blissful ignorance is shown on purpose. I do yeah. think it's shown with intention. Yeah. Um, and it helps you distinguish better where our character's mindset is at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the, the that you brought up the point with uh, with colors actually, because the the colors that they decided to use for the background uh, or the environments of the characters, it's almost telling another story if that makes any sense right like it's it's bringing these these uh the people in the environments alive and it's almost like there's a there's a a life happening or there's lives happening outside of the of the life that we're seeing or experiencing right right so again it's sort of like that that teetering on paranormal and reality Whereas the characters that we see um, are sort of on the paranormal side and the environment and their surroundings are on that reality side. And then it's just like, okay, like, is it really affecting the city around them? Or is it purely just on the characters that we're focusing on? Like it's pulling them out of it, yeah. essentially, right? Yeah. yeah. So I guess I guess that's, that's again, yet to be seen. Um, but that, that would definitely be... Uh, a good indication of where the story is going to go moving forward right yeah again just look at the the colors and uh, and the environment there was the one panel by himself too actually i'm just looking at it now there's the one panel where he's saying um he feels like he really needs that piece and then she's saying do you think it's is it a thing that's back there in the garbage a piece of what and he says i can't tell you yeah and there's that split image yeah of him and the, the red silhouette of him yeah yeah as if once he comes to the acknowledgement of that paranoia, it, it pulls him away from that reality. But yeah. it's interesting that that panel is also him by himself. Yeah. So I think there, there may be some truth to what you're saying, which is that it's not the other people that are experiencing it. It's the people who are experiencing that paranoia that it's been taken out of that world yeah. or taken out of that context, right? Yeah. And that panel kind of shows that for me mm-hmm. because it's it's literally pulling the red out of him. Yeah. Right? So yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. There's always truth to what I say, Jerry. You know, there's always truth. You know, I I shouldn't just never doubt. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, great book overall. I think. Um, do you have any final thoughts on the book? Uh, yeah. I just want to read the next one. Great. <laughs> great. Um, again, like uh, artwork and 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 the story works so well together. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think I can say that enough uh, for Jeff and, and Andrea's work so far on, on, on this story. And um, again, with the way that the story is progressing and the pacing, like it, it really makes me want to read the next issue. Like I really just can't wait. Right. Because you just want to find out like what's going on right now. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Because it's, for sure. the way they write it, it's almost like it's almost like you were just thrown in into the middle of something. Like with no context. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're just trying to figure out, like, okay, like what's what's happening around me right now? Yeah. Sort of thing. And and um, again, whether that's intentional or not, I don't know. Um, but that's the way that I feel about it, and and um, I'm really digging it so far. Those are the best, though. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, I have a very personal sort of preference or specific preference that I like for stories, which is don't start me at the start of the story. Okay. Start me in the middle. Um. And and like like that kind of leads into like why I like Game of Thrones so much. Yeah. Whereas like they started you right at the middle. Yeah. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happened beforehand, so it doesn't feel like everything else happening afterwards is an exaggeration. Like, yeah. That is just a norm. Yeah. Because all these things have already happened, right? In this story, it's kind of very similar. Yeah. There's already a bunch of things that he's gone through in his life. Yeah. Right. Now he's piecing them together. But throughout his whole life, he's been doing that. Yeah. And now it's finally kind of making sense for him. Yeah. So now we're throwing into a story with him and be like, okay, let's let's see what you've done. Yeah. But it's starting to get revealed with all these things that happened in the past. There's there's so much that's already happened. And there's probably a bunch of mysteries that are happening with Father Tom as well yeah. that you haven't seen. Yeah. So there's all that back layers that of history that you're not just thrown right from the start. You're You're thrown into the middle. And you're sort of going, all right, now go along with them for the ride, which is really, you know, I, I like, I enjoy that type of story more. Yeah. Like we're, we're literally starting this story right when Norton has his revelation about what he's collecting these things for. Yeah. Right. So, 
um, you're right in the sense that that's that's a good way to start the story because I'm not gonna watch him two years collecting stuff for no reason. Exactly. <laughs> Do you exactly. know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Just, right? just get me right there. Yeah. He, he found it. Oh, great. Let's listen to his story now. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Let's read his story now. So, yeah. That that to me is like a really great way for storytelling mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. So, I give this book ten out of ten. I'm not gonna say Malfield. Ten ten out of ten. I feel. <laughs> I vision. Feel feel i don't know i i I would give this book 10 out of 10 mouth feel i think it's pretty good (laughs) but yeah go and read it and taste it i guess i don't know (laughs) mouth feel so good yeah so we're we're hoping that by the you know by this part of the uh of the episode you have already read the book so we shouldn't be telling you to go read the book now but just in case go read the book yeah because you know if you wanted something to to change your mind or convince you we hope we have go read the book this is it's great it's an amazing book that's it man that's it so uh, why don't we go ahead and uh, get on to our Offerings to Dark Side segment and just offer something great for our listeners. Offerings to Dark Side. And we're at the Offerings to Dark Side segment. Uh, in this segment, what we normally do is we take something outside of the world of comics, outside of the world of coffee, and we offer it up to you, the listeners, something that we enjoy that we hope you'll enjoy as well. Um, this week, let's not change things up. Let's have Victor do our first wow. offering uh, as usual. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. Uh, for this week, I would like to offer uh, a bit of a series on YouTube. It's called What the Fit okay. by Kevin Hart on the LOL Network. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it's it's actually hilarious. Like Kevin yeah. Hart himself is, a, is already a really funny guy. Mm-hmm. But then when you put him in a setting where he has absolutely no idea what he's doing <laughs> it, it just makes it that much more funnier so yeah the premise of the show is is that um um kevin goes out and he does um uh something new every week as a form of physical activity okay right so there was a week where he was sumo wrestling there was another week uh we went uh ro- on a rodeo right so uh, all those things he's never done before so it's really funny when uh when you watch him sh- basically struggling yeah, yeah <laughs> as yeah, he's yeah. trying to accomplish these things um and of course he's always accompanied by a celebrity guest um so he's had conan o'brien on the show uh leslie jones bill Hader, just to name a few um and they're equally as clueless as kevin <laughs> these things so uh go and check it out on youtube again it's on the lol network what the fit with kevin hart that series is really good. I recommend that too. That's yeah. it's really good. <laughs> Stop stealing my recommendations. Okay, so uh, for this week, we're back to music for me. Um, I would like to offer you a new artist. His name is Anders, A-N-D-E-R-S. Um, he released his first EP uh, back in 2017. Uh, it's called 669. And the new EP that just came out is called Twos it's it's really good so he's an he's uh he's a new artist 22 years old he's from toronto oh young guy eh? yeah young guy and he's from toronto uh represent so (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) um but he he has a very the he has a very good sound to his music and it's sort of um uh a mix of r&b and mix of r&b and pop and like a very faint um sort of a very faint bit of trap in there because in his first debut ep it was very much more trap okay but this time he's he's shied away a little more um away from that and um he's kind of gone closer to r&b and pop uh sort of like that pop infusion okay but, um i i really like it it's really uh it's um there, there's a there's a familiarity to his sound too because uh when i when i was listening to it, it there's there's almost like that um that old Danny Fernandez and like early Sean Desmond. Oh, that's really thing. old. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> when I was listening to it, that's kind of what I was getting with it, which is uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but uh, there's there's like something very unique to his style too. So that's that's someone I would recommend. I would recommend you go check out his EP, Anders. Anders, right? I still haven't even listened to uh, the the Weekend album yet that no? you recommended the other week. Yeah, because you haven't given me the CD yet. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting. Um, 
once I uh, once I go buy this digital CD that I uh, <laughs> that I have on Apple Music, then yeah, maybe <laughs> I'll lend it to you. It just reminds me of like those those like <laughs> days where you would like get a CD and then you'd burn it, <laughs> so you could play it in your M- in your CD player. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> or your Walkman, yeah. as they would call it. <laughs> Those were the days, man. Those, Those were the days. days when your Walkman has like skip protection, <laughs> uh, shock resistance, shock protection. And then oh, it's, my gosh. Uh, it's like, you know what? Yours can protect for 10 seconds of shock. Mine is like a minute and a half. <laughs> and it's like, oh, wow, has that's some crazy technology this is this is the peak of entertainment and then mp3 players came out and it just blew our minds and just like, <laughs> i thought i had to turn this into a cd now we can just play it straight what that's crazy <laughs> so i mean you know that's a little bit on the evolution of music uh, <laughs> and technology <laughs> Okay, so I think that wraps up the uh, offerings to Dark Side segment. Um, I, you know, pretty pretty cool offerings. I think people will get some enjoyment out of it. I think so. Yeah, I think so too. So, anyways, uh, thank you for tuning in, and we hope you have enjoyed the episode. Uh, remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and on our website at darkrosecomics.podbean.com. Please also remember to rate and leave us a review on iTunes if you have some time. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you have a book you would like us to discuss, please email us at contact at darkrosecomics.com. You can also reach us at Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics, twitter.com slash geeky for myself, and twitter.com slash victorjyoung for my co-host Victor. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics. Uh, I do not have the Superman wall up yet. That is still to come on soon. Uh, soon, soon, soon. TM. All, the, all, the, all of them are there. All the issues are there. Yeah, you're right. They're, They're all, all there. there. I just gotta put them in the. Yeah. Just gotta put them in frames. That's it. <laughs> you can also find us uh, on our Facebook page at facebook.com/darkrosecomics. And if you would like to be a part of the community, join us in our Facebook group at Dark Rose Comics Group. And as always, take care. Calculator. <laughs> <laughs>